Big Daddies, originally named Protectors and occasionally referred to as Mr. Bubbles or Mr. B by Little Sisters and Metal Daddies by Splicers, are genetically enhanced human beings who have had their skin and organs grafted into an armor-dividing suit, with Alpha Series being an apparent exception to the grafting process, though still heavily spliced. Their primary purpose is to protect Little Sisters while they escort them around Rapture. Gameplay. In all of the Little Sisters have been either harvested or saved in the level, Big Daddies will wander to a vent like usual and bang on it. However, a little sister will not come out, causing the Big Daddy to groan in frustration and bang again before letting out a sad moan and walk away in an attempt to find another little sister. Aside from the Alpha series, Big Daddies communicate by uttering haunting sounds similar to that of whale calls. Alpha series communicate with low, inhuman grunts and roars for easier interpretation. Production model Big Daddies have a bioluminescence chemical substance which filled the helmet, displaying the state of emotion or mind. The Big Daddy has three different colors he will display. Green indicates the Big Daddy is hypnotized and friendly. Yellow indicates awareness but indifference to his environment. However, he will react to people near him by shoving them. If the Big Daddy has a little sister with him and the player continuously stands in his way, the Big Daddy will become enraged in order to protect the threatened little sister. Red indicates rage towards assailants. The surviving Alpha series from Bioshock 2 are in a permanent state of wrath due to prolonged separation from their little sisters. This excludes subjects Delta and Sigma owning their unique circumstance. History Big Daddies were originally created by Dr. Yi Su Chong to serve as Rapture's maintenance workers, to help in later construction projects, and to do menial work of Rapture that was not profitable. Rosies riveted panels and windows while bouncers drilled deep-sea rocks and minerals for further city expansion. Protector Program As the demand for atoms skyrocketed, Su Chong purposed the idea of recycling the raw genetic material directly from the corpses of dead splicers, instead of exclusively producing it with little sisters in their laboratories. With the genetically modified girls at great risk when out on the streets gathering Adam on their own, the protector program was initiated to bond them to the hulking big daddies, turning the later into protectors who would respond aggressively to any threat encountered by gatherers. Su Chong suggested this idea to Andrew Ryan, knowing that becoming a big daddy was a one-way street, but he fretted about being able to find suitable candidates. However, Ryan gave assurances that it would not be a problem. While the true identities of most of the candidates were unknown, many were exiled criminals, the criminally insane, and political dissidents imprisoned in Persephone, which was under the management of Augustus Sinclair, the owner of the Plasmid Research Company, Sinclair Solutions. With the help of Sophia Lamb, who was herself imprisoned at Persephone at the time and acting as a psychiatrist for the other inmates, Sinclair would send chosen test subjects to Perse from Persephone to both Fontaine Futuristics and Ryan Industries. The Alpha Series Experiments were conducted by Dr. Grant Gilbert Alexander in the research laboratories of Fontaine Futuristics. The first protector prototypes bonded to little sisters were called the Alpha Series, who were previously plasmid test subjects from Sinclair Solution. Alexander took inspiration from a common nickname for the Protector Program candidates, Big Daddies, and engineered a conditioned bond between the Protectors and their changes which would mimic, through mental and physical restraints, the emotional bond between a father and his daughter, the Pair Bond. This bond ensured that the Protectors would guard their charge charges at all times and not wander away from the girls, otherwise they would slip into a coma. After many unsuccessful attempts, the first candidate from the Protector program to be successfully pair-bonded was Subject Delta, a deep-sea diver formerly known as Johnny Topside, who had discovered and entered the city by accident. In a short time, though, the Alpha series failed to be practical as protectors as they only protected a single specific little sister, and if they were lost to Splicers or rescued by Dr. Bridget Tenenbaum, that rendered the protectors useless, sending them into a coma or making them suicidally aggressive. Even after being reprogrammed, they were only useful, usable as combatants with no other thought than to kill their target. With these unsuccessful results, the Alpha series was put to an end. The remaining Alpha models 
were deactivated and, in the following years, kept in holding at Fontaine Futuristics, Minerva's Den, and Persephone. Regardless of his colleagues' progress, Suchong also was also working on a bond of his own creation, albeit without success. Meanwhile, over in Columbia's reality, Jeremiah Fink, an industrial tycoon who previously used transdimensional tears to steal Rapture's technological advancements, was trying to work on his own kind of protector based on Su Chong's work, the Songbird. Like Su Chong thought, like Su Chong though, Fink had reached an impasse while trying to bond the creature to a single child, Elizabeth. In 1958, he contacted Su Chong through a tear that the Rapture scientist was actively studying at the former Silverfin restaurant in Fontaine's department store, and they both came to an agreement to share their research in order to reach the mutual objective. However, Songbird accidentally bonded itself to its test subject, and Fink chose to put an end to its part his partnership, eventually closing his imprinting studies lab at Fink Manufacturing. Su Chong, who got the short end of the bargain, was still looking for the solution in genetic com compatibility. Using the Lutech device, still left in his possession, he intended to steal a DNA sample of Fink's bonded test subject, but his research was put on hold when the city council closed the department store to turn it into a prison for Fontaine's criminal gang. His terror device was eventually damaged by vandals, but could still be remotely controlled from his clinic and secret laboratory at Artemis Suites, Apollo Square. On December 31st, Su Chong finally acquired the DNA sample from Elizabeth herself, ironically unknown to him that she was the same test subject who once bonded to Songbird, as she had gone to the restaurant to repair the Lutech device to return to Columbia. Two weeks later, the civil war initiated by the bombing of the Casimir restaurant New Year's Eve masquerade ball led to a panic, bank crash, and an atom shortage as citizens spliced heavily in, their own, in order to protect themselves. This brought the need for functioning protectors more important now than ever. Protector Bond Breakthrough Su Chong's genetic protector bond attempt proved a failure as the Big Daddies still ignored the girls. While he fussed over this, unknown to him, Elizabeth provided the solution to two little sisters in his own laboratory. Inject a dying Big Daddy with Adam to save him. This caused the bouncer to bond to both little sisters, Leta and Masha Lutz and the girls went to tell Su Chong about what happened. However, Su Chong, deep in his work and growing frustrated, failed to notice the Big Daddy's change in behavior and smacked Leto away during a recording of his failed Lot 255 results. This triggered the aggressive response of the bouncer, who then impaled Su Chong with his drill to the scientist's own desk, proving the bond had worked but at the cost of Su Chong's life. With this breakthrough, it led to the further bonding of Big Daddies to Little Sisters. Where Persephone's were used to make the girls attach, or where pheromones were used to make the girls attached or attracted to the big daddies and not be afraid of them as they had been previously. With the bonding system now working, the Memorial Museum at Point Prometheus was changed to the proving grounds to be used for big daddy training. Further development. As the Big Daddies and Little Sisters were sent out onto the streets of Rapture, citizens responded to them in different ways. Though many were disgusted as the Big Daddies' intimidating appearance and aggressive conditioning caused fear among the populace and resulted in several unfortunate accidents. Confrontations with splicers and well-meaning citizens prompted Andrew Ryan to broadcast public address announcements to warn against approaching the Big Daddies and Little Sisters. Ryan tried to combat public dislike to the Protector program by having the Big Daddies described as knights in shining armor, created to protect Rapture against the Parasites. As the violence on the streets became more extreme, elite versions of the Bouncer and Rosie were created to help defend Little Sisters in the more dangerous areas of the city. Ryan even commissioned a third model of Protector to be created by Rapture's Rapture Central Computing using the help of the Thinker, and so the Lancer considered to be the most advanced Big Daddy so far, was created along with the new Ion Laser Weapon. Despite the new protector being finished, it never left Minerva's den, as Reed Wall sealed off the entire facility from the rest of Rapture. By the end of the Civil War in 1960, many, daddy, many Big Daddies had fallen to the attacks of Swicers and Atlas's rebels and littered the corridors of Rapture. However, more remained active, roaming 
from one vent to another to call on little sisters to start another cycle of gathering. Years after the death of Andrew Ryan and after Sophia Lamb took control, Adam Gather con Gathering continued until the remaining little sisters in Rapture were too old to be able to process the raw genetic material. The remaining big daddies continued to maintain the city in a viable state as per their original design. The older sisters were then turned into big sisters by Dr. Alexander, one of the few remaining scientists of Fontaine Futuristics. He conditioned them as enforcers and provided them with diving suit gear similar to those of Big Daddy's, producing a new fear, of the a new fear for the Splicers. In 1967, Lamb, requiring new little sisters and the atom they produce, sent Big Sisters out to kidnap little girls from the surface. However, Splicers continued to evolve over the years, making them more effective in ambushing Big Daddy's. This forced Alexander to create a new model of protector, the Rumbler, which was designed to effectively dispatch larger groups of enemies. Stopping the program. In 1968, Bridget Tenenbaum returned to Rapture to free the new little sisters. Foiling Lamb's plan of perfecting her utopia and to find a cure for Adam, with the help of Lamb's daughter and former little sister Eleanor Lamb, and the artificial intelligence still monitoring the city's automa automation, the Thinker, she reactivated two Alpha series: Subject Delta, Eleanor's former, Eleanor's former pair-bonded protector, and Subject Sigma, previously Charles Milton Porter, the initial creator of the Thinker. <coughs> Excuse me. Both Alpha series regained part of their humanity and free will, which helped them complete their own objectives. Delta guided by Sinclair and Sigma by the Thinker, who was impersonating Porter. Their opponents, a genetically mutated and insane Alexander, Sophia Lamb, and Reed Wall, reactivated other broken Alpha series and used them as soldiers to try and stop the rogue protectors. The last known Alpha series created was Sinclair, Subject Omega done by Sophia Lamb to fight Delta as part of her escaping plan, which ultimately failed. Induction and Conditioning Process From the time of its founding, maintenance of Rapture required trained divers and reinforced suits to walk outside along the sea floor to repair leaks and reinforce the city's surface, or structure. By the time of the Protector Program's test, certain former citizens of Rapture had been genetically altered with Adam and permanently sealed inside the special diving suits to become what were eventually called Big Daddies. They were genetically modified and conditioned in the research labs and facilities of Point Prometheus. Protector training was eventually done in the Proving Grounds. The candidates for introduction into the Protector Program went through voice box modification and pheromone application, which attracted the Little Sisters to the Big Daddies. After those, the candidates' skin and organs were grafted and integrated into their suit to become one functional unit. The subjects were then placed in large vats of an unknown yellow substance and eventually reduced to mindless servitors. Through genetic splicing, the humans inside the heavy suits were given enhanced strength and durability. Their suit exoskeletons contained the life support machinery needed to keep them alive during their duties, allowing a big daddy to lift heavy loads and do other strenuous tasks as well as resist the cold and pressure of the deep ocean. In Bioshock, Bioshock 2, and Burial at Sea, Big Daddies can be seen performing both internal and external maintenance repairs. Big Daddies were also ordered to periodically return to facilities like Hephaestus for routine maintenance checkups. Big Daddy Types So far, there are five main types of Big Daddy protectors, including two elite versions for only the Bouncer and Rosie. Of the five protectors, the latest four are functional and protect the Little Sisters as the original Alpha series, with the, with the exception of Subject Delta, were marked as a failure. Introduced in Bioshock, Bouncer. Bouncers are clad in a very distinct heavy diving suit, the entire torso of which is covered by a thick metal carapace. The head protrudes directly forward from the upper chest area and is encased in a hemispherical helmet studded with eight lit portholes. A large fully functional canonical drill is attached to the ar right arm just forward of the elbow and is used for powerful melee attacks. The bouncers get their name from their will to protect their bonded little sisters. Both a regular and a red striped elite version with a harpoon-like drill appear in Bioshock and Bioshock 2. In Bioshock Infinite Burial C DLC, the bouncer can use the drill as a grappling hook to get around Rapture's infrastructure quicker and also get to closer 
also get closer to those that threaten a little sister. It is a new feature for that tool or weapon not seen in previous games. A note found in Su Chong's clinic states that the gas that launches the drill bit makes the subject somehow unstable, suggesting that the feature was discontinued in subsequent bouncers and explaining its absence in chronologically later games. In concept art of the game, a bouncer model with two flathead drills is seen, however this version was removed when the developers decided they wanted the big daddies to interact with the little sisters. The model can be found in the Museum of Orphaned Concepts. In addition to normal bouncers, the player encounters elite bouncers, which use a spinning harpoon instead of a drill. The they are decorated with red stripes and are more difficult to deal with. The regular bouncers are encountered in the medical pavilion, while the elite bouncers are present in Fort Frolic, Hephaestus, and a single one in the Proofing Grounds. Before then, two bouncers are seen in the introductory level Welcome to Rapture, one accompanying a little sister as she inspects the semi-conscious Jack after he injects himself with his first plasmid, and another protecting a sister from an attacking Spicer in the Footlight Theater. Bouncer Moods the Pouncer, like the Rosie, the Rumbler, and the Lancer, has three moods that may occur when the player encounters them. These moods appear as the color of the small portholes on the Bouncer's helmet, along with his wrists. Green light. A Big Daddy under the effects of the hypnotized Big Daddy will produce a green light from their portholes. These Big Daddies are friendly to the player and will protect them as if they were a little sister. Yellow light. A Big Daddy with a yellow light emanating from its portholes is neutral to the player and will not attack them. By default, unscripted Big Daddies always start out in this mood. Some scripted Big Daddies spawn in other moods, but this is just for the purpose of the effect. And Red Light. A Big Daddy attacked by the player or under the effects of Enrage will produce a Red Light. In the first case, the Big Daddy will attack the player. In the second, it will attack anyone in its vicinity. Attacks. When in combat, the Bouncer will produce three different kinds of attack. Drill Slam. In this attack, the bouncer slams the ground with its drill, causing a tremor in the surrounding area and disorienting anyone in the radius. Usually the bouncer will follow this up with a charge. The foe will often be too sluggish to avoid it. Drill Punch. This is the bouncer's basic attack. It is accomplished when, its drill, when it drills into its foe. If against a splicer, the victim is killed instantly. The, in the case of the player, the attack deals a severe amount of damage, killing the player if they are low on health. And charge. If the victim is far from the bouncer, it will charge at them at high speed. This knocks the foe back, dealing them damage in the process. In the case of the player, they will also have their camera swung around and temporarily blurred, momentarily disorienting them. Strategy. While many strategies may apply equally well to all Big Daddies, each type has their own particular characteristics worth noting, which may lead to specialized tactics. General. When retrieving or returning a little sister from or to event, Big Daddies are temporarily invulnerable until they finish the animation. Attacking them at this point needlessly enrages them and wastes ammunition or eve. Wait until they are finished with the animation before attacking. Always ensure one has full health as well as a reliable supply of first aid kits, eve, and ammunition before fighting a big daddy, as these are one of the toughest enemies in the game. It is recommended to study a big daddy's path and stalk them so as to attack them when the player has the biggest advantage. Study the environment as well so as to be able to formulate a winning strategy. Always ensure one has complete control over the fighting area, i.e. the place is clear of splicers and all security devices have been hacked. Loss of control might slightly defeat in the later stages of a fight. Never take on another enemy while dealing with the big daddy, except in some unique cases. If the player is forced to fight another enemy, take it down first and come back to the big daddy. Little sisters always stop to drain Adam from any nearby corpse they find. Corpses can also be moved by the player, enabling them to choose where they want the big daddy they're targeting to halt. Piling up several explosives into a Big Daddy's path, preferably on top of an oil slick and blowing it up at the right moment, is a cheap and effective way of killing, or at least severely injuring, a Big Daddy. If the enemy survives, they will be on fire, which will drain their health continuously. The bouncer in the medical pavilion can be defeated easier than the others because of the amount of turrets and because of the close quarters environment trap bolts and proximity mines are particularly effective. 
When starting a fight with a bouncer, try to assault a bouncer from the ledge, or at least ensure the bouncer will take some time to get to the player. In this fashion, the player will be able to take three shots at the Big Daddy before he can get a chance to hit the player. In close proximity, Big Daddy in melee mode, by jumping back and forth over an obstacle. The counter in the medical center on the upper level with the cash register is a good area to do it. If you could throw off the Big Daddy to stop his physical attacks, you can throw off the daddy. You can throw off the big daddy to try to stop his physical attacks. While it is again moving to reach you, you fire at him long enough to kill him. Repeat if needed. When charging, bouncers cannot change their path and will continue in a straight line no matter what. Not only can the player use this to dodge their attack, but they can also exploit it to set traps into a bouncer's path and provoke them into charging through them. Bouncers always take the shortest route to the player, making their movements very predictable. This can be used to one's advantage in a variety of ways, such as when placing traps or when aiming the bouncer. One of the main strategies the bouncer relies on is disorientation. If the player can keep a cool nerve and steady aim, they will wield a significant advantage over this enemy type. If the player can use the bouncer's attack to their advantage as being hit by the charge attack launches you back and this could help you reposition, reload, or use an EVE hypo. Next is a quick little tutorial on how to kill a bouncer or Rosie in 7 seconds using only one shot of incinerate. Equip incinerate. Any level. You should have the natural camouflage gene tonic. Disable any of your bots a distance away from the little sister vent that a big daddy is going towards to prevent them from catching fire or exploding. Use the telekinesis plasmid. Pile one or two dead bodies right next to the vent. If there's a dead big daddy, that's even better. While holding a dead body, change your weapon and the body will drop on that location. This does not consume any eve. Do a quick save. A few seconds before the big daddy reaches the vent, light the corpse on fire. Your distance from the vent should be close, about the length of a dead body. Right after you light it, you should become invisible if you have it, if you have timed it right. The burning corpse will ignite the big daddy. His headlights will turn red, but since he can't see you, he can't do anything. He will stand on top of the burning corpse and his health will deplete quickly. This is much faster than simply using incinerate. With no burning corpses around, the reason is that burning corpses produces their own damage, which is very high. Multiple corpses produce even more damage. If the big daddy wanders away, reload the game and try again. Ideally, he should keep standing in the pile of burning dead, bo dead bodies. If you're successful, he can die within a few seconds and you will have only used one shot of incinerate. In the medical pavilion, you can kill a big daddy using the dead body of another in just three seconds. Recommended plasmids. In general, hypnotized big daddy is obviously a prime choice when you face a big daddy as it turns the hulking creature into the player's bodyguard. It can also be used to pit two big daddies against each other, which is both an entertaining and effective way of killing them. Enrage can be used in a similar fashion by enraging a big daddy. The player can clear an entire room to a minimal cost in Eve. Make sure one takes their distance as the big daddy may assault the player if they are the closest to them. Incinerate is recommended against big daddies as a single cast will drain a significant portion of the health over time. Telekinesis may come in handy if there are explosives lying around. It can also help the player formulate various different strategies, see above and below. Electrobolt will temporarily stun the Big Daddy as well as deal increased damage, especially in water. Do not attempt on one-two punch daddy do not attempt to one-two punch the daddy unless one possesses the correct gene tonics. Though as the wrench deals only quarter damage against the big daddies. It can stop a bouncer from charging or stun them long enough to pull out the grenade launcher or crossbow and land a perfect shot. One may also use this plasmid to escape from the big daddy they are fighting against. Insect Swarm will distract the big daddy as well as deal continuous damage, allowing the, plower, the player to take pot shots at it. Winter Blast can be, help the player quickly dispatch a big daddy as it stuns them and reduces the amount of damage needed to destroy them. However, their corpse will shatter, leaving no loot, but one can also escape very easily due to how long it stuns the Big Daddy. Security Bullseye can single-handedly take down a Big Daddy if the player performs the following strategy. First of all, hack a nearby machine and take the flow and direct the flow towards an alarm tile. 
Paint the target Big Daddy with a security bullseye. Note, as this deals no direct damage, this won't cause the Big Daddy to attack the player in any way. Another way is to tag him while he's in front of a security camera. Doesn't matter if it's friendly or not. By the end of the alarm, the Big Daddy will either be severely weakened or dead without the player risking themselves at any point. Note, this strategy is more effective on bouncers as they cannot destroy security bots unless they stray too low. Cyclone Trap, though it has no effect on Big Daddies, prevents them from passing through the vortex. This can be used to prevent a bouncer from getting to the player, for example, by setting up a wall or a protective ring around the player or the bouncer. Target Dummy can be used to lead a bouncer to charge into a trap, for example, by setting a trap under or behind the dummy. This also temporarily distracts the Big Daddy. Recommended Weapons and Ammunition Electricity weaponry, such as electric gel and electric buck, are the best form of ordnance against Big Daddies. Not only do they deal much more damage against them than any other ammo type, but they also temporarily shock Big Daddies, stunning them. Armor-piercing ammo also deals increased damage against Big Daddies, although not as much as electric ammunition. Although the wrench only deals 25% damage against Big Daddies, it fully, if fully upgraded with the right tonics, it is still capable of dealing very high damage against them, especially when used in conjunction with Electrobolt. On hard, it takes a, ma a maximum of 5 1-2 punches to kill any Big Daddy on any level. Exploding Buck deals very high amounts of damage and sets the target on fire, making it a very good choice in this type of fight. On hard, no more than 6 shots are required to kill any Big Daddy on any level. Frag Grenades and Heat Seeking RPGs, because of their high damage output, are a useful tool against Big Daddies. If tackling a bouncer, it is better to have the upgrade than renders that renders the player immune to self-damage, otherwise one may end up losing a lot of health. Proximity mines are incredibly versatile when it comes to big daddies. One of the most popular strategies involves attaching several proximity mines onto a physics object, preferably an explosive, and firing at the target big daddy using telekinesis. This usually ends up killing or at least severely weakening the aforementioned victim. Napalm, although not as effective as electric gel, is nevertheless capable of taking down a big daddy in a couple of seconds. Liquid Nitrogen presents the same characteristics as Winter Blast, and both can be used interchangeably. Using a full tank of Liquid Nitrogen, or 50 units if upgraded in ammo efficiency, will keep it frozen long enough for the player to shatter it. Although a safe and relatively fast way of killing the Big Daddy, it will not drop any loot, just like anything else that's shattered. Big Daddies tend to drop rare U-Event items in around $70. Although headshot bonuses do not apply to Big Daddies, steel tip bolts and incendiary bolts, especially the latter, are capable of dealing high amounts of damage to Big Daddies. On hard, a maximum of 6 steel tip bolts or 5 incendiary bolts are required to kill any Big Daddy on any level. 5 trap bolts will take down a, a Big Daddy on survivor difficulty. Bouncer Trap bolts and proximity mines are particularly effective against bouncers as they can be fired onto their movement path. One may also lay the traps and then proceed to coerce the bouncer into charging through. In the case of proximity mines, placing several explosives near the mine will save ammunition. Liquid nitrogen allows the player to stop a bouncer's charge attack instantly, which is useful when the player is stunned and dodging it is difficult. This tactic uses only a few units of fuel, costing far less than plasmids. With a full tank of fuel, the player will likely never need to reload during the fight. Avoiding the delay of having to refill EVE every few plasmid uses. Recommended Tonics The Armored Shell line of tonics will significantly reduce damage received by a Big Daddy's attacks, making this a very useful tonic to have during combat. EVE Saver will reduce the cost of EVE when casting plasmids. The Damage Research line of tonics, of tonics will significantly increase damage dealt against enemies researched using the research camera. The effectiveness of this gene tonic is entirely dependent on how much research the player has done. The medical expert line of tonics will help the player save up on first aid kits, while the electric flesh line of tonics, in addition to making the player resistant or even immune to the electrical damage, will significantly increase the effectiveness of all electricity-based attacks. The human inferno line of tonics increases fire resistance in addition to damage from all fire-based attacks, in case the player prefers incendiary ammo. Using Frozen Field 1 and 2 in combination with Sport Boost 1 and 2 and Bloodlust tonics 
will allow the player to attack any Big Daddy quickly enough with the wrench to keep it frozen until it shatters, without using any resources and taking no damage in return. The Big Daddy might get in one or two melee attacks early, but the damage is reversed by bloodlust. This tactic takes a long time, even with tonics and research, but it's capable of killing all Big Daddies without much difficulty. The Static Discharge line of tonics will damage and stun nearby enemies upon receiving a melee hit. Do not equip this if one wishes to use Hypnotize Big Daddy, as merely bumping into the Big Daddy will cause a discharge and turn it against the player. The Sport Boost line of tonics will help the player dodge the bouncer's charge attack as well as escape from it. Behind the scenes information from the bouncer. The Bouncer is the iconic face of the Bioshock series, being featured in most of the trailers on the cover art of the Bioshock game box and as a dollar figurine both in-game and real life in Bioshock 2, as well as being the only Big Daddy type to appear in all three games. The design of the Bouncer appears to have been based off of that of a 1882 French Carmignol diving suit. As seen above, the hydraulic weapons were eventually revised by Rob Waters and Nate Wells with various default images from marshmallows to even human butts before being finalized with a drill. One of the first models also had dual grinders instead of a drill, and even a ball and chain mace. In Bioshock the Collection's developer commentary, imagining Bioshock Rapture's denizens, the video footage of, of the early bouncer is seen to turn hostile the moment the character is seen and can also be seen taunting beforehand. In all promotional work and trailers, the bouncer's drill appears to have a corkscrew-like drill head. This design does not appear in-game, likely due to limitations in model polygons not being able to make very small shapes in the game's engine. The small air tank was another feature which was altered in the bouncer's appearance. Originally from the promotional images of Bioshock, the air tank had bar-like supports with a small bent gauge in the final version of the game. It was replaced with a more complex design featuring a large smoking pipe attachment stacked above the air tank with a compressor-like attachment on the right side linked with a pipe from below the air tank. Despite this, the original air tank on the bouncer is mostly seen at promotions for both the first and second Bioshock games and is even present on the action figure version of the characters from NECA's Bioshock 2 toy line. <laughs> Rosies. Rosies are clad in a basic heavy flexible fabric diving suit, the upper torso of which is covered by a high gauge metal carapace. The head is guarded by a thick metal diving helmet welded to, welded to the torso carapace and has three large lit portholes. They wield large rivet guns in proximity mines at long range and use the rivet gun for powerful melee attacks as well. A red striped elite version is present in the original Bioshock. During the opening level of Bioshock, a Rosie is briefly seen doing electrical work in a connection tunnel. The regular Rosies appear in Neptune's Bounty, Arcadia, and Farmer's Market. Starting in Olympus Heights, the player will encounter Elite Rosies, which are significantly more powerful than their original counterparts, and with 50% more health. Elites also appear in Apollo Square and Point Prometheus. The Elite Rosie has a large red collar. A collarless Elite Rosie corpse can be found in the left storage room of a restaurant in the farmer's market. One is seen briefly in the proving grounds in a scripted fight with a splicer where it is crushed and killed by an overhanging skeleton of a whale. Rosie Moods The Rosie, like the other Big Daddies, has the same three moods, the green light, yellow light, and red light. Uh, Rosies have three different kinds of attacks. When in combat, the Rosie will produce one of these attacks. Shoot! The Rosie will perform or the Rosie's basic form of attack, where it shoots the target repeatedly with its rivet gun. Mine throw. If an enemy approaches the Rosie, it will start throwing proximity mines at the target. Push. If the Rosie's foe is at melee range, it will push them away with the rivet gun, dealing medium damage. Strategy when fighting a Rosie. While many strategies are may apply equally to, well to all Big Daddies, each has their own particular characteristics worth noting, which may lead to specialized tactics. In general, always ensure one has full health and a reliable supply of first aid kits, EVE hypos, and ammunition always before fighting a Big Daddy, as these are one of the toughest enemies in the game. Uh, special things about some Rosie to keep in mind. 
Uh, keep in mind that Rosies are the most heavily armored enemies in the games, so even the so more so even than bouncers. As such, be ready for a prolonged fight and try to completely isolate the Rosie from its surroundings before attacking. Rosies are very accurate shooters and are capable of dealing heavy damage if the player isn't careful. Always try to attack a Rosie where there is plenty of cover to be found and avoid open spaces. When at mid-range, always stay on the move as a Rosie will start throwing proximity mines at the player. Moving in a circle around a Rosie at close ranges will greatly decrease its chance of hitting the player. Although Rosies aren't as specialized in melee combat as their bouncer counterparts, they are still capable of inflicting a severe amount of damage to the player and will knock them backwards whenever possible. As such, use stunning plasmids when attacking the Rosies at close range. So, uh, some of the same plasmids work. Um, Rosie's telekinesis is more effective against Rosie's than bouncers due to the increased number of possible change up of possible strategies. One can use it to create movable cover in a shield by picking up and holding a large solid object. By approaching Rosie's and firing their proximity mines back at them, the player can kill or injure them effectively and at minimal cost to Eve. Uh, recommended ammo and weaponitions is all the same across most of the big daddies using the same uh, tonics same way too uh, becoming a Rosie when Jack finally confronts Frank Fontaine in, in Point Prometheus Fontaine barricades himself and escapes to the proving grounds and later his personal lair in order to chase Fontaine down, Jack is forced to don a big daddy suit and undergo modifications that trick little sisters into thinking he is one of their protectors, making them open the doors in the path to Fontaine. Jack is required to equip a helmet, a bodysuit, and a pair of boots, despite the fact that all functioning big daddies in the level are elite Rosies. The only bodysuits which are available belong to the normal Rosie model, so Jack has no choice but to wear those. He also performs an automated vocal cord surgery and applies three pheromone samples on himself, making him both sound and smell like a real big daddy. After that, Jack enters the proving grounds with his help with the help of a little sister, or multiple little sisters if the initial one is killed, protects her when she gathers Adam in the area, and eventually reaches Fontaine's lair. Jack's transformation into a Rosie is not complete, however, as he does not have his skin and organs grafted into the suit, and he is able to take off the helmet after entering Fontaine's lair. Jack never wears the Rosie's gloves, and he is never given the strength to pick up the rivet gun either. The process gives him an extra resistance to damage, though. Wearing the Rosie suit also causes splicers and enemy security devices to ignore him unless provoked. Alpha series. Like Subject Delta, other failed prototypes of the Alpha series of Big Daddies survived. They have long since lost their sisters and have devolved into something vaguely like a splicer. They are barely sentient monsters that attack anything near them. Like Delta, they can use plasmids and regularly, em regularly emit bursts of electrobolt, incinerate, and winter blast from their malfunctioning suits. They tend to use launchers, machine guns, and shotguns in addition to their plasmids. Their armor is similar to Delta's, but more decayed, with parts of their arms exposed. Their bonds were to be a, to a single little sister, with Delta being the first success. Because of this, they are believed to not have undergone some of the modifications later Big Daddies have, such as the application of pheromones. There was no need, due to their physiology, physiologically enforced bond to a single little sister. They were not fused into their suits as Subject Delta could remove his helmet when he was ordered to by Sophia Lamp. Many of the Alpha Series subjects appear to have had incomplete or otherwise faulty bonds so that instead of slipping into a coma after losing their little sisters, they simply went mad. Significant Big Daddies There are six named Big Daddies so far in the Bioshock series. Jack, the protagonist of Bioshock, briefly disguised himself as a rosy big daddy in order to follow Fr Frank Fontaine's trail. Knuckles, a friend of Louis McGrath, an inmate of Persephone who was turned into a big daddy. Mark Meltzer, who was turned into a rumbler big daddy after being captured by Sophia Lamb in Bioshock 2. Subject Delta, the Alpha series protagonist of Bioshock 2. Augustus Sinclair, who was captured into the latest, or who was turned into the latest Alpha series, Subject Omega, after being captured by Sophia Lamb in Bioshock 2. Subject Sigma, the Alpha series protagonist of the Minerva's Den DLC story.
behind the scenes. Even though Big Daddies can only be male, with the exception of the three female multiplayer characters, which is not accounted for due to the inconsistency, there were at least two concepts for Big Daddies females. One of Rob Waters' slug bug concepts has the Big Daddy with a slug attached to the helmet, and one version without a helmet, showing a violet-haired woman inside. The woman is actually a reused, unrelated illustration by Rob Water of a 60s Mama Bear character. Opus Arts did a reimagining pitch of the Vita Chamber for Bioshock 2 with an alternate generation of Big Daddies and Big Mamas. Looky, Mr. Bubbles, an angel. Little Sisters, originally named as the Gathers by the game developers, are young girls who have been genetically altered and mentally conditioned to reclaim out-of-her proportions around Rapture. Little Sisters are almost always accompanied by a Big Daddy. They are generally are immune to damage outside of being harvested and have no offensive abilities. Attacking them, however, will incur the wrath of their Big Daddy protectors. Histories of Little Sisters Adam is taken by a unique sea slug found near Rapture. The atom-producing sea slugs did not naturally produce a large enough quantity for serious research and commercial exploitation. Dr. Bridge Tannenbaum developed a procedure whereby a sea slug was implanted in a human host's stomach, and a symbolic interaction between host and slug yield up to 30 times the quantity of usable atom. Young girls, nicknamed Little Sisters, following the implantation process were found to be the only viable host. Although Tenenbaum hoped to be able to keep the children in a vegetative state, it was found that they had to be fully functional to produce the atom. They still maintain many of the ordinary characteristics of small children, laughing, playing, smiling, and singing. Frank Fontaine created his little sister's orphanage in Apollo Square and other locations front to export the children as a supply of hosts for atom production. Andrew Ryan took over Fontaine's futuristics. He discovered the existence of children. He found them appalling, but had to accept the necessity of their existence, the quantity of Adam and Rapture now required. It wasn't long before the entire city became aware where Adam was really coming from. He shut down those false orphanages and continued using the Little Wanderers educational facility to house the existing Adam host. With the city's Adam addiction endemic and the Adams used to fight the Civil War, shortages were becoming crucial. Eventually, as the Civil War's body count grew and shortages increased, the solution to get additional Adam led to using the children to obtain Adam from corpses. Little Sisters Adam hosts were mentally and physically prepared for this grim harvesting role. Adam portrayed the Little Sisters as a marketing gimmick. Their image being used on plasmic and tonic vending machines called Gather's Garden, and even produced toy dolls of them. Rapture's public announcement introduced them as the salvation of the city, a reassurance of containing Adam production, continuing Adam production. With the growing chaos of the Civil War, the demand of Adam Sword and Ryan Industries restored the kidnapping little girls from the parents to her great four little sisters. Mental Condition Dr. Yisho John realized that the need for Adam was greater than the amount produced by the little sisters themselves, pioneering a way for them to recycle Adam from the blood of dead splicers, greatly increasing their Adam yield. Naturally, the children were unwilling to cooperate. To overcome the, this basic obstacle, Dr. Shochong created methods to mental conditioning the children. This procedure, this produced a neurological impulse of recognizing the body of dead splicers as angel to make the grimmest process of extracting and consuming their atom-rich blood appealing to the little girls. Like many of the tools in Rapture, the little sisters Adam syringes were fabricated from common items, large needles, hose nozzles, and baby bottles. To make the little sisters more effective to their tasks, they heavily conditioned to see the world of Rapture very different from reality. Instead of seeing dark, deteriorated state of the city, they saw a idolized children's world with rosary, ro ro rosy 
marble floors, pink and red drapings, and flowering vines were growing everywhere. Little sisters saw their big daddies as noble golden knights and saw big sisters as brides or princesses with elegant ballroom apparel. Statues appeared to them in heroic big daddies and pools of blood as rose petals, butterfly, um, sorry, flies as butterflies, random fires on the floor as lit fireplaces, weapons as red plastic toy guns, and the dead bodies of placers as angels, men and women lying in elegant repose with the outline of halo angelic wings surrounding them. Splicers themselves appeared as handsome and beautiful, taking the forms of dressed men and women in masquerade masks, conversing civically, why in the reality they were violently fighting. The dream world persuaded the little girl's day-to-day -day experience, except for the occasional lapse of their senses that were brought abruptly back to the grand twist of reality at Rapture's Decay, where they were frightened or startled. This was shown to happen while concentrating on the process of gathering Adam from the corpse. However, this was just—this could have just been due to Delta temporarily losing control over the little girl while she is harvesting Adam. Pair bonding with the Big Daddies. The Alpha Series Big Daddies were a failed, failed line of prototype protectors developed first by Dr. Yusho Chong. The line was completed by Dr. Gilbert Alexander using prisoners from Persephone Penuel Colony as test subjects. The main difference between the Alpha Series and other Big Daddies is the nature of their bond to the Little Sisters. Each Alpha Series was created with an unbreakable physiological bond with a single Little Sister. This bond created a fail-safe enforced by each Little Sister's pheromone signature. An Alpha Series that wandered too far from his bond partner for an extended period of time would lapse into a coma or madness. This bond proved to be too effective, however, as each Big Daddy in the Alpha Series became useless after his little sister was killed by attacking splicers or saved by Bridge Tenenbaum. Any Alpha Series model that was not re rendered comatose as a result of his sister being lost descended into emotional in instability to the point of psychosis. When the Alpha Series failed, it was discovered that previous Big Daddy models such as the Bouncer or Rosie could be used as the most suitable protectors. Protection Bonding With physical and neurological drives in place, the Little Sisters eagerly pursued gathering Adam in rapture. The Adam coursing through the bodies made them virtually indestructible, immediately repairing any damaged tissue. However, they still have the structure and the strength of little girls. Uh, thus, they were constantly targeted for abduction and exploitation. Dr. Shu Chong, in the light of the rising mortality rate of little sisters, indicated that the protector pro program. The idea was to create a series of protector protectors that would defend the little sisters from splicers' attacks while they gather Adam without interference. This proved to be more of a challenge than anticipated by the scientists, and numerous attempts were needed to find the right balance of atom-based conditioning in both the gatherer and the protector. Despite the tests and trials through the hands of a third party, the final key to the bond was found to be quo, uh, quid pro bono, as both discovered that one cannot survive without the other. The results of the program had each little sister paired with a big daddy, a heavily spliced human test subject grafted into an enormous armored diving suit. After the unfortunate event leading to the demise of Dr. Shochong, the bond was further strengthened through the conditioning employing pheromones. The pheromone produced by the big daddy attracted the little sisters, and its counterpart produced by the little sisters indicated drove the big daddies to defend them with their lives. Once the big daddy came into full production, the little sisters were also put through a course of psychological exercises designed to force them into rejecting all positive feelings toward any mother-type figure, and instead place all their affection upon the generic big daddy archetype. As a result, the little sisters see every big daddy protecting them as the same person considering the mere mention of the word mommy to be taboo. Because of the pheromone and Shou Chong's conditioning, 
The little sisters are strongly attached to the big daddies, effectively calling them a number of pet names such as Mr. Bubbles or Mr. B. With a big daddy, when a big daddy is killed, this little sister will stop whatever she is doing or is death. However, a strong bond between the pairs made the big daddy highly aggressive, prompting Brian to issue public issue public warnings against approaching any little sister to prevent any accidents involving citizens or interference. Failed research on alternative gathering. At one point, robotics was tasked with creating a line of robotic little sisters to supplement the human little sisters. However, testing trials revealed that the big daddy simply ignored the robotic gatherers, leaving them vulnerable to attacks by splicers. This forced them this forced the team to abandon the product and left the entire production line of a robotic little sisters discarded in the office of McClendon's Robotics. Curing the Little Sisters The removal of the sea slug from the host under normal circumstances is fatal. Although the host didn't die immediately, their heartbeats can still be heard. It was likened to take a patient off life support. Their demise was inevitable. In a forced removal, a large amount of added can be attained from the sea slug. However, Tenenbaum's constant contact with the Little Sisters and their unsurprised childlike behavior eventually resulted in a crisis of conscience and caused her to seek a way to safely remove the sea slug. In time, she was able to design a plasmid with the ability to restore the characteristics of the Little Sisters per slug state. This, however, was a physical change. For example, their appearance avoids are returned to a natural state. They lose their atom producing ability and the strength filling factor and are less prone to enragement and fear realizing the player as a friend. However, they are still retained results of mental conditioning. Still treating big daddies as parent figures, seeing the world in a dreamlike wonderland with angels and using this or using their extractors to drain courses of atom. Presumably, the mental conditioning required a different cure. Tenenbaum established a safe house for restoring little sisters in the tunnels beneath Olympus Heights for that purpose. Big Sisters and New Little Sisters After the events of Bioshock, Tenenbaum left, left for the surface, taking many of the saved little sisters with her. However, Sylvia Lamb soon became into power in Rapture and later restarted the Little Sisters program to supply the Rapture family with Adam and to further her own plans. There were not enough little girls left in rapture to supply the Adam cycle, and many of those who remained had matured to the point that they were only useful as big sisters. Lamb began a program of kidnapping little girls from the surface to convert them into little sisters. Taken by the big sister protectors, these new little sisters were processed the wing of the Persephone prison colony under the watchful eye of Edward Brims and his staff of physicians. The new girls developed a unique psychological bond with Eleanor Lamb, who could see through their eyes and eventually control them to a certain extent. When Tenenbaum discovered the kidnappings on the surface, she knew immediately where the girls were being taken and what purpose they were to serve. She acquired a submersible and descended to rapture, expecting to find the missing girls turned into little sisters gathering alongside Big Daddies, so she began rescuing them again. Eventually, Eleanor contacted Tenenbaum through her connection with to the Little Sisters, and they created a plan to save the Little Sisters and help Eleanor escape to the surface by resurrecting Subject Delta. After Delta was brought back to life using a Vita Chamber with the Endo's luxury in the Egdo's luxury resort, the little sisters began to walk with him, helping him to reach Eleanor at Persephone. Meanwhile, Tenenbaum reached out to their other deactivated Alpha Series Big Daddies throughout Rapture, such as Subject Sigma, and asked for the aid in rescuing the remaining little sisters in the city. Physical characteristics: Each little sister is a young girl between five and ten years of age. In Bioshock, the little sisters had varying hair colors, but in Bioshock 2, they're all brunettes, including Susie Melser in the game due to time constraints preventing the developers from making her blonde. The girls are clothed in dirty dresses of various colors that reach just below their knees. All the little sisters are barefoot while they explore the halls of rapture, but before the riots, they wore 
shoes, as evidenced in the opening outstanding in Bioshock 2 and a burial seat. Due to the fast regeneration, they can walk on harsh surfaces without any problems. The little sisters are nearly invulnerable to damage while they have the sea slugs within them. When one is struck, her blush will glow an unnatural golden color while showing the effects of fast regeneration due to the atom. However, even though the fast regeneration of atom, the girls are still vulnerable. The little sisters could be killed by splicers who wanted to extract the atom they contained by forced removal of the sea slugs. Although little sisters are not invincible and able to regenerate any damage, this invincibility is not perfect. An example of this is if a little sister were to break her legs, forcing them at odd angles. They would heal, quick, heal so quickly that the bones would fuse at those angles. To be set right, they would have to be broken repeatedly due to the almost instant healing process. Furthermore, the little sisters are not immune to the resulting pain. The only attacks that seem to affect little sisters was a splash of damage of a grenade. When a little sister is in the vicinity of a thrown grenade, she will become a ragdollish and move with a splash impulse as she is briefly knocked unconscious, then stand back up. Little sisters can even survive being underwater. In Bioshock 2, there is one instance where the player can see a little sister underwater. If the player rescued all the little sisters in Bioshock 2, then they are used by Eleanor to help boil away the water in a ballast chamber in Augustus Sinclair's lifeboat. In that scene, the sisters stay underwater for a prolonged period as they as they boil the water. Bioshock. The little sisters are among the first inhabitants of Rapture that Jack encounters when arriving in Rapture. While a threat of them on their own, the little sisters are enemies to be avoided while she while he wanders the halls in the deep sea city. The girls are practically invulnerable, but should one stray bullet or a misfired plot distract them, the big daddy escorting them will turning turn his full fury on Jack. They should be approached with caution and only when Jack's prepared. The number of little sisters in Rapture. There are a total of twenty one little sisters in Rapture that can be rescued or harvested, disregarding any extra little sisters which may appear as a result of glitches. If the player harvests all twenty one of these little sisters, they will gain a total of three thousand three hundred and sixty atoms throughout the game. If all if the player rescues all the little sisters and finds all the gifts from uh, Dr. Tenenbaum, they will earn the total of three thousand eighty atom and the number and a number of gene tonics. Accessing the star menu will reveal the number of little sisters the player current player's current level as well as their current status. Welcome to Rapture. There's three little sisters. A little sister inspects Jack when he is awakening from the Electroplasma, electrobolt plasma injection. A little sister's eyes can uh, briefly be seen in the little sister's vent when in, first entering Cashmere Restaurant. And a little sister is seen collecting Adam from a corpse in the Footlighter Theater. None of these little sisters can be rescued or harvested. Medical Pavilion. There are two little sisters, but only the second little sister can be rescued or harvested is protected by the Big Daddy. A little sister can be briefly seen in the windows along the tunnel joining the Medical Pavilion and the Surgical Foyer. This little sister keeps walking around the tunnel with her Big Daddy. This little sister can also uh, not be reached and therefore cannot be interacted with. Interacted with. Neptune's Bounty. There are three little sisters, and sometimes an extra sister can be sometimes found. Arcadia, there are two little sisters. Farmer's Market, there is one little sister, though sometimes an extra little sister can be found, uh, depending on the bug. Uh, Fort Frolic, there are three little sisters. Hepatitis, there is three. Rapture Central Control, there is two little sisters. There are two little sisters that show Jack an escape room, but they cannot be interacted with since they have already been rescued. Olympus Heights, there is 2 plus 22. There are 19 little sisters in Tenenbaum State House, 14 downstairs and 5 at the top of the stairs, which have already been saved. None of these little sisters can be rescued or harvested. There are 3 dead children in the van apartment in uh, Mercury Suite, which, for obvious reasons, cannot be interacted with. We, uh, they all use different little sister mo uh, models. In Apollo Square, there is 2. Point Prometheus, there are 3 and sometimes an extra. There's a little sister that guides Jack to Point Prometheus to the pr 
proving grounds, but this little sister cannot be rescued or harvested. For proving grounds, there is one. The little sister which the player needs to protect is not accounted because she cannot be rescued or harvested since she is no longer a plaintiff with a slug. If a splicer kills his little sister, a new little sister can be summoned from the vent. Fontaine, there are seven. After finding Fontaine, the player sees the little sisters coming out of their vents and sending Fontaine to death with their needles. There are also seven little sisters that might bring a teddy bear gift for rewards during the game, but none of these little sisters can be rescued or harvested. The number of brackets for the little sisters cannot be interacted with in normal gameplay. There are total there are 21 little sisters whom the player can rescue or harvest or leave alone throughout the course of the game. If one explodes the extra little sister bug every occasion, there will be a total of 25. Little Sister Rewards Every three little sisters rescued nets the player a reward in the form of a teddy bear clenching a present left in a certain gatherer's garden. The cured little sister who delivers a present can sometimes be seen running to the nearest vent. Strategy. Every little sister the player harvests will gain four, uh, 480 atom, 160 times three, while every three they save will grant 440 atom, 80 times three plus 200, plus many excellent gene tonics and hematizic daddy plasmids, and the quantity of first aid kits and eat hypos. Harvesting represents the short-term solution. Not only will the player end up with more atom than they if they save the little sisters, but the first few levels of the game will be much easier to achieve. Coupled with the potential of sampling many different plasmid and tonics at once, this is the ideal strategy with, for someone playing Bioshock for the first time. However, the drawback is that it will lead to an unhappiest ending in the game. Saving, on the other hand, is a long-term investment. While it's harder to survive the first few levels of this path, it ultimately offers greater rewards. The tonics and the plasmas the player receive are among the most powerful in the game and cannot be obtained otherwise. The atom gap between the harvester and the rescuer, 400, sorry, 280 atom in total, is also compensated by these bonuses. However, these rewards may or may not suit one's playstyle. So it is recommended to either look up rewards individually or play the game as a harvester first. The, this option is recommended for experienced players or for those who have already played the game. This strategy will also unlock the happiest ending in the game. Mixing both strategies is not excluded. By both harvesting and saving the little sisters, the player offers themselves a generous dose of atom with unique plasmids and tonics to boot. The player only gets a rescue bonus after saving three little sisters, so if one is feeling scrupulous, do so in blocks of three so as to get the rewards as quickly as possible. This strategy will never get the player as much atom as a harvester, nor as many unique rewards as a rescue. However, the effects of planning and harvesting slash rescue alterna alternation, one can combine the advantage of both paths, making one's life easier during the first stage of the game while being able to use a big daddy as a bodyguard. This option can be taken by any type of game, regardless of their skill or experience level. The path this path will also offer the player the alternative ending to the game, similar to that of the Harvester ending but less miserable. Behind the scenes, in the early development of Bioshock, the player was to collect Adam directly from the sea slugs that produced it. The sea slug even had its own gatherer event in the ground. However, the developers wanted to give the choice of Adam har of harvesting Adam more impact, so the host design went through many changes, from small chipmunk-like creatures two monkeys, but this was deemed too comedic. The concept of Little Sisters stemmed from a need to find a more empathetic victim for the player. Originally, developers had planned that the Little Sisters could be killed by physical damage, but in the games, they are nearly invulnerable despite the burnt model existing in the game's files of Bioshock. This is explained by the regen uh, regenerative ability from the sea slug within them. However, the little sister will be immune to damage even after they have been rescued by the player character. Attempting to harm them as they will run to the nearest vent will cause no effect. Although they can be knocked down by explosions from enemies, they get back up and go to the nearest vent. In Bioshock, the little sisters are voiced by Juliet Landu. In Bioshock 2, the little sisters are voiced by Jadelle Fro 
for Land, uh, who is much closer to the apparent age of the Little Sisters. Landu reprised her role as the Little Sisters at Burial Scene. Bridge Tannenbaum once wondered why they were only able to use little girls instead of little boys. She was given a sarcastic answer by Fontaine that meant one less bathroom to build in the orphanage. Despite this, in the Deco Devolution art book for Bioshock 2, it is mentioned that the little brothers were a concept explored by the developers but were not represented in the games themselves. They would have been housed in the therapy rooms of Inner Persephone. Uh, developers originally allowed the multiplayer characters the option to harvest or adopt the little sisters. They, in the demo, the little sisters would cough up blood after gathering, but this was cut from the final version of the game. The little sisters were partly inspired by the Grady twins in the 1980s classic film The Shining. Lead animator Sean Robertson did motion capture by himself for the first little sister Jack can choose to save or harvest in Bioshock. His daughter did the motion capture for Sally's appearance in Paris at Burial Sea, episode 2. That's it for this week's episode. We thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, we've hit 2.1k so far in listens. Um, it's all greatly appreciated. We thank you guys so much. Uh, we got some feedback about our big t- number 10 episode and I'm so happy you guys enjoyed it. That was completely uncut as you could tell <laughs> from the very beginning, not even a minute in. Uh, hopefully we can get some more people on later on. We want to try to do a thing with you listeners. Uh, try to do like a discord call or something. Have you know, you listeners in on a uh, on a recording. Have you guys do uh one with us that we we're trying to figure it all out we uh, got some new computer set up so hopefully once we get all this stuff set up we can figure out a way to bring you guys in on this uh you can all reach us out at, at on twitter at alorecast and you can also email us at on gmail everything's in the description down below uh thank you guys and we'll see you in the next episode bye Mr. Bubbles, Mr. Bubbles, are you there? Are you there? Come give me a lolly. Come and give me tough. Teddy bears, teddy bears. This has been Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as we go along our journey into the history and the lore of the Bioshock series. Let us know who you would like us to go over. Also, would you kindly leave us a review and follow us on our new Twitter at Alorecast. And... Also, join us for the next episode.